0: lines we are back fault lines with nixon Strenhan on 105.5 fm a.m 1390 in washington d.c we are the show that brings you the news ahead of the news i gotta say that because once again if i don't promote us who will But we have kept you ahead of stories, and one of the stories that we'd like to keep you informed on, of course, is what I consider one of the most important stories today, and that is the persecution and prosecution of Julian Assange and the attack that it represents, not just on Assange, although that's major and it's important to remember that there's a human being here, but just on journalism in general, and joining us to talk about that now is the great Patrick Henningsen from 21st Century Wire. Hey, Patrick, how you doing?
1: Great to be with you, Lee. Great to be with you, Garland.
0: Okay, so, and, and by the way, there's no, uh, today there's no Garland, just me. Okay,
1: so you're flying solo.
0: I am, yeah, Garland's out today. But, uh, but okay, so I, I wanted to talk, when this was breaking yesterday morning on the show uh that sweden had filed these new charges or reopened them i was it was very eh, i don't trust the reporting on it and so since the story was just breaking i was trying to figure out what was actually being uh what the truth was because i know that they'll lie about it i will know that they'll sort of misstate things And so I didn't want to talk about it because I just didn't want to get the charges wrong. And I was hoping we could get you on to talk about it and explain it, because I think a lot of people are in the same position I'm in. They don't really trust the media and they don't want to get something like this wrong. So I I assume you've looked into this. And what's the truth on this?
1: Well, what, what, what happened yesterday was the, uh, I believe uh, her name is Eva Marie uh, Pers- Pearson, and she's the deputy chief prosecutor uh, in Stockholm. And uh, she basically uh, filed a court order uh, that is actually a request to the local court for Julian Assange to be detained in absentia. What does this mean? Uh, It means it's it's sort of it is an order for detention for Assange, although they don't have him physically. uh, They've sort of uh, preempted uh, the process here. So he's in the UK. He's in a supermax prison in southeast London, as you know, in Belmarsh prison. So this is the beginning of uh, getting the ball rolling to trigger a European arrest warrant. Now, this is not yet a fait accompli. Uh, This still has to sort of go through the Swedish uh, judicial processes. Um, So it it could be it's possible that this could be seen as uh, without warrant uh, because the simple reason, Lee, is there's no new evidence. Uh, to trigger this uh, reviving of a twice-dead sex assault or sex misconduct or rape or whatever words they're going to use in the media, uh, allegations uh, against Julian Assange. So there's no new evidence. So a lot of people are saying this is purely political, this is under pressure from the United States through back channels, Uh, this is collusion, three-way deal between Sweden, the U.S. and uh, Great Britain. Okay, so if if there's no new evidence and they're reopening the investigation, then they could simply go to the U.K. and question Julian Assange like they did on the – previous occasion when he was in the Ecuadorian embassy, uh, after which time they actually dropped the case, the second prosecutor, the second go around of that case they dropped in 2017 after they had visited him in the Ecuadorian embassy in 2016. Likewise, this could also be conducted by Skype. So they already have testimony on the record twice from Julian Assange, once in person in 2010 and, of course, the other uh, at the Ecuadorian embassy in 2016. So he's already been interviewed uh, twice on the, these two separate uh, uh, complaints. So they're trying to revise the case again, uh, and there's, it's debatable whether uh, there's any merit to this, uh, seeing that no new evidence. Uh, has come forward. Uh, So it's just unbelievable. uh, So that there's not any such thing as double jeopardy or triple jeopardy, if you want to extend it that far. But that's where we're at. And the United States is all too happy to sort of let this uh, pantomime of due process uh, carry out. Uh, as is uh, the U.K. to offload this problem onto Sweden, which would be very convenient because as the paragon of democracy and uh, all, all things that are good and and true in the w- rules-based international order, I'm sure Britain doesn't want to be the one to get its hands filthy handing over Assange to uh, a, a, a really decrepit judicial proceeding uh, which is taking place in secret in eastern Virginia right now.
0: Okay, so... Mm-hmm just just be clear this is all about one incident correct all of these different charges it's not like is it different people is it different incidents is it all the same
1: there's two separate uh there's two separate uh, initial complaints back in 2010 in Sweden uh and these were both begun uh, the process of investigation uh Julian Assange voluntarily uh went in for questioning in Sweden and was allowed to leave the country, actually. When he came to the U.K. Uh, in, in 2012, realized, uh, which was true at the time, they said it was a conspiracy theory at the time, but it turned out to be true, of course, that the United States had initiated uh, a secret grand jury and was sort of preparing to charge Julian Assange, and that and there would be an extradition order from the United States whereby he probably wouldn't get uh, a fair hearing nor fair treatment based on what they did to to Chelsea Manning. Okay, So there was uh, good grounds there for suspicion by Assange and his, uh, legal team uh, to not want to uh, go back to Sweden to physically uh, be detained or answer questions uh, via that European arrest warrant at the time. Uh, so that's why he took uh, asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy, of course. What had, it didn't have anything to do with the rape charges. He was never charged for any rape or any sex crimes at all. It was wanted to uh, for questioning uh, during an open active investigation. There were two different women initially uh, both acquaintances of Julian Assange by the way uh, and one of the cases was dropped for a number of reasons one is there a reliable evidence uh, that seemed to be a problem in this investigation reliable witnesses uh, witness testimonies uh, and also some interference by the legal team of the accusers who actually had leaked Julian Assange's name immediately to the world press Uh, And so that's when it it was kind of came out immediately in 2010. Oh, multiple rape uh, allegations uh, against Assange. And so that the kind of process was tainted from the beginning. There's also uh, reports of uh, one of the so-called accusers trying to sell the story to the tabloids. They're talking about, uh, you know, receiving tens of thousands of dollars uh, for the story and so forth. And the police trying to actually gin up the case when one of the accusers, uh, one of the accusers who wasn't really accusing, but was sort of dragged along with uh, woman A, uh, woman B didn't really want to go through with it. The police were pushing it hard, though. She actually walked out and said, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, that's all on record, by the way. Uh, and so you're left with accuser A at that point, still kind of pursuing the complaint, uh, as it were. So it's, it's a kind of a complicated case, but it's been explained and been documented and written quite well, although it's hard to to know that if you read mainstream media reports, because it doesn't seem like any of the journalists who are writing about it now, uh, who are saying Assange is wanted for rape in Sweden, haven't actually read or looked at any of the initial Uh, files or coverage of this uh, from right back to 2010
0: okay well that's a good question then is where you say it's been written well by who if you're if you're recommending somebody where they could go to find a uh, this laid out well who would you recommend they go to
1: Uh, I I would say Consortium News uh, is is probably the place I would recommend people go and just do a search for um, Assange, uh, Sweden. And that's always a good uh, location. Uh, Pamela Anderson actually wrote a really good blog post, I believe, last night, uh, which is posted on her, her Twitter feed. Uh, The Pam Foundation, so she's uh, on her website as well. So if you go to her website, Pamela Anderson, she's written, uh, I would say, a factual account of where things are to date, although with a bit of emotion injected in, of course, because uh, she's a a personal friend of Julian Assange. Uh, There's also an incredible video that was made, uh, I believe, back in 2013 or 2014 that absolutely perfectly explains this case, I think it was done in Australia. I don't have it to hand, uh, but it's an animated video, and uh, I, I wish I did have it to hand. I'll probably I'll try to maybe get that to you later. But uh, uh, that and also uh, you have people like uh, Susie Dawson. Uh, a lot of stuff has been posted on her her feed as well. Uh, and Joe Lauria and so forth, all the people who are active in uh, the Unity for Jay uh, online vigil. Uh, some of these journalists have uh, uh, are good resources uh, for getting factual, uh, accurate depiction of uh, where the, how this case started and, and how it got to where it is today.
0: Yeah, the Unity for Jay things, which I've been, I, I, I wish I'd done more of those. Every time I, I want to get on there. And then I end up, it's Friday, and I end up taking a nap and completely spacing on the fact that I wanted to do that that afternoon. If it were like, you know, Wednesday morning right after the show, I'd I'd always be there. But Friday afternoon, it's like, ah. But those have been great resources, and I really appreciate the fact that they've been on week after week after week after week because I know it's hard to get idiots like me to show up for stuff. Uh, even when it, it they support a cause, and they've been, managed to get that going with some really great guests. Uh, the stuff with uh, kiriakou has been great, and with Mike Ravel and with uh, Daniel Ellsberg. Some amazing stuff up there, right? Do uh, you agree, Patrick?
1: it's incredible what what, what uh, those guys have pulled together uh, for those online visuals and the interviews are just it's just amazing and it's just one of the only times that you could have a focused conversation on one specific topic or subject and all the information that comes out as a result of that is just so well focused and uh, detailed and in-depth so it's absolutely invaluable for anybody that wants to get really get their hands into, where this case is, and also the whole proceedings with regards to Chelsea Manning uh, and the, the secret grand jury there okay, this well, has all been fleshed out in detail in the visuals.
0: Yeah, let's, let's talk about the uh, Chelsea situation, too, because we were talking yesterday on the show at the end. We had a great segment with John Kiriakou uh, for the last two segments. And John and I, uh, aside from, uh, by the way, the main thing was he was uh, telling spy stories. I'll be at honest, Patrick. He was just talking about Mm -hmm. when he was doing CIA training and being launched in a raft off a submarine and stuff like that, like that kind of story. That's pretty good, right? And so, (laughs) no, so John's got those stories, right? So he's got those spy stories. So we're talking about that. But we're also talking uh, about how brave he thinks Chelsea Manning is. And John's a guy who's done time uh, federally. So he knows what she's facing. And what she has faced and how brave it was, John was just uh, beside himself. And I know he feels this way uh, in real life, too, not just on the radio. We, we both have talked about just how brave Chelsea is. Is that the thing that jumps out at you in this? Is, it, is that she didn't have to do this and she's doing it to take how many people act principled like that today?
1: Yeah, the, the the statement she made uh, going in said something to the effect of, uh, you know, any physical torture that I might endure. Inside uh, is 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 pales in comparison to you know the what I would have to live with for betraying my principles, and uh, it's so rare these days that uh, you see people taking a principled stance, especially when uh, they're faced with the ultimate sacrifice, and if that can only be translated one way. I think is that uh, what principles you have to ask? Are Chelsea Manning uh, is. Is she defending? And they have to be constitutional principles. Uh, they have to be ethical, moral principles. So in that sense, uh, Manning right now is probably the premier patriot in the United States right now, uh, who's fighting a, a battle, who is putting it all on the line for for the country, for principle. I think if people have to realize that that's exactly what's happening. And it's the same thing and the same choice that uh, John Kiriakou made um, as well. He put his principles before himself in in many respects and paid a a massive price for that. And that just deserves the utmost respect from Americans because at the end of the day, uh, John Kiriakou or Chelsea Manning took an oath um, or believe in these principles if they didn't take an oath of office or, but they, 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 They're determined to defend these principles. These are the foundational principles of the United States of America. This is what's enshrined in the documents written by the founding fathers. This is the fundamental pillar, building block of, of American society. And these whistleblowers are the ones that are going to battle for that. And the politicians and the bureaucrats are the ones who are trying to undermine that. And I think this, if anything, of these stories, if it depicts anything and illustrates anything, it's that that's exactly the story. exact exactly what is happening. The people need to decide, are they going to get behind these, uh, these great patriots or not? Because the media is hardly getting behind them at all. In fact, just the opposite. They're either discarding the story completely uh, or they're attacking uh, uh, some of these people or – you know, in smearing them in some cases. I'm sure it's certainly that's been the case
0: well, now, um, in, over
1: the last few years.
0: You would think if the media had any sense of self-preservation whatsoever, if the media had a shred of integrity, and I mean a shred, they would be out putting a special graphics package into, you know, Chelsea Manning, countdown, you know, how many days has she been in? It would be on CNN and MSNBC constantly, 24-7, in the corner, little graphic showing how long Chelsea had been in, right? Keep the pressure on, keep the pressure on. They do this about everything, you know what I mean? So they easily would do a graphics package like that if they were about journalism, if they were about integrity. This is somebody who's in prison right now because she refuses to testify against the publisher and journalist that she was a source for. Everybody who's in a position like who's a journalist Patrick, like you or I, we know what side of that debate we come down on, right? And so where's the me? where, like you say, the media is out attacking this. And I just think it exposes them for exactly what they are. They're not media, they're propaganda.
1: No, and look, look at look at who the media throw their support behind at the drop of a hat, basically. Like they'll do, a, they'll turn the corner ninety degrees on Monday and throw all of their support behind Michael Cohen, uh, because they think Michael Cohen is going to air some dirty laundry that's going to somehow uh, weaken uh, Donald Trump. For instance, okay, so Cohen himself uh, might many people would sort of put him in the category as a uh, a kind of common uh, grifting lawyer, as it were, an opportunistic uh, self-preserving uh, preser- individual who's uh, trying to basically somehow make the m- make the best path for himself, uh, maybe not for his country per se. Um, that's been argued by many people. Or they'll get behind Christina Blasey Ford, who just appears out of nowhere to try to take down a Supreme Court nominee, and then the whole of the media get behind these people. And then when the case is over or when the hearing's over, you don't hear about them ever again, basically. And so th- this is what the media seems to be obsessed with, is all these short-term, opportunistic, politicized sort of micro-campaigns uh, that they're co- constantly jumping behind all these uh, pr- pretty trivial, uh, in, in the big scheme of things, often trivial Uh, persons and individuals and campaigns and blowing it up into some big tribulation. Meanwhile, you have a real important fundamental case that has bearing uh, on so many different things, so many important aspects of American society, like Chelsea Manning's case, such an incredible precedent, dangerous precedent. Or Julian Assange's case as well, or both of them together in this conspiracy that's being cooked up in Eastern Virginia, uh, and, and there's nothing; there, hey, th- hey, it doesn't register as a priority.
0: Hey Patrick, can I get you to stay for one more segment? We got Garland out today. I'd love to keep the conversation going.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Okay, that's Patrick Henningson, Twenty First Century Wire, over on Twitter. He is Twenty One Wire. We got more coming up, Patrick Henningson. You are listening to the Best Morning news radio show in the world fault lines with nixon stranahan